All you're saying is like, dudes, back away from the foot gun. And welcome back to another episode of Refactored, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck a little less every day. My name is Frank Cole. And my name is Chris Tonkinson. And today is episode 26 on June 8th, 2021. Uh, So I am in the throes of yet another assessment. I've done a number of these uh, companies. Call us in. We kind of just do a perusal of what they're doing, why and how, and then we write up this fancy pants report for them. And telling them what they already know and so on. And uh, so forth. There's a lot of that. Yep. Art of consulting and, yeah. and, and all that. So on and so forth. But what I am. What, I, what I'm finding is, is more of what I have always seen my entire career. I'm just seeing it on a much larger scale because it's for bigger companies. Now, I've done, like I said, I've done a number of these. If I gave names, you would absolutely recognize some of these names, which, of course, we can't do. Mm-hmm. But the problems all stay the same. They just get bigger and worser. Huh. <laughs> I said worse. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. You're- People are imperfect. And that has never changed and never will change. And a company is just a a clump of people glued together under a logo. So organizations are imperfect. They're going to exhibit the same classes of shenanigans that we see on an individual level. So so maybe you're going a little more philosophical than I was. I see I see companies making the same mistakes that I have seen others make that I have my entire career pushed myself and my team and my my organizations to not make. And it drives me nuts when I see them because they are the same kinds of mistakes and they lead to the same kinds of results and they're completely avoidable in a lot. Like not updating the cover on the TPS report. I mean, it's not. It drives me nuts. How many times (laughs) has that happened to you in the last week where somebody doesn't update the TPS report cover? (laughs) I mean, it's like, did they not get the memo on that? What would you say you do here? (laughs) I love that in one fell swoop, that movie like eliminated an entire business process (laughs) (laughs) because nobody wanted to come in. That movie came out and then the next week, everybody's back to work. Nobody wants to talk about the TTS reports. (laughs) And for you kids out there, this was an actual thing. This is a TPS test plan specification. Go go look it up. In the in the, the days of yore, in the before times, the graybeards would actually type these up. Go research this. It was a um, that was part of waterfall, wasn't it? Wasn't that like a waterfall uh, act activity? Waterfall related activity. I never did one. Uh, I, I never did a formal. No, it doesn't have to be jailed to waterfall. I'd be mean, back then. You know, you're talking what mid nineties, kind of like mid to late nineties, like agile extreme. Those things hadn't really. Right. Those things hadn't come out yet, I don't think. Mm. Um, I never actually did a TPS yeah. report. I've never actually no. I've never actually done one. The only time I have ever heard the term is in relating to that movie or, you know, some metaphorical reference to the TPS report when de- ter- determining spurious busy work in a in a company. So, yeah, I've heard like, OK, you know, what's the test plan? Do we have a test plan document like those sorts of things? I've not heard anybody call it 
a test plan specification where nobody said TPS before. <laughs> so nobody has the stones, I no, think, no, or the stomach. Not, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, no, but it's not even that stuff. It's it. it so I'm talking in, in a more centralized space of, you know, what we're what we the kind of work that we do. And so, I, I mean, sometimes it's it's stuff as simple as source control. Like I, I'm talking that low level where you've got engineers that aren't committing code into source control. Again, at at, I, at notable I, places. This is great radio. The, nobody can tell that I'm I'm speechless right now. Still, this is 2021. We're not doing. At, I have been telling my team for a decade: if it's not in Git, it doesn't exist. Yep. Like. Yep. Oh, but we use CVS or SVN or TFS. Oh, even, no, if it's not in Git, it does no, not exist. I, I don't care. Yeah, but you know what? I'll lower that bar even further. As long as it is somewhere in a source control system, like there no, are. No, we can fight over this. I don't care because having having stuff in TFS is as good as not having it, in my opinion. Well, I agree because because you cannot effectively branch and merge. It, it's slow. It requires connectivity. The it's I mean it's a whole branch. It's like you're it's fighting you with that. Point. Well, for sure, yeah. I mean, we yes, I agree. Git is the place for it to be. That's not my point. My point is companies using zero, none, nada in terms of source control. It lives on a developer's machine or on a remote box, or and then in production, such sad, and then, so disappointing. And then depending on relying on backups for, for individual servers, maybe in case anything goes wrong. I mean, this is yeah, horrid, that, dev, horrid. that dev drops his laptop on the way into the office and, and gone. There it goes. Exa- I mean, exactly. So, like, I, I'm talking that kind of stuff, but I don't actually want to get into the minutia of, of, you know, individual findings. I just wanted to pick the most extreme one that I had ever seen to to call it out that even in larger orgs where you would think this would never, ever happen, it, it absolutely can. And I it's it's not about the fact that it happened. And I can sit here. You know, we could sit, you know, you you picked your jaw up off the floor when you saw that they weren't doing source control, for example. Eventually, it took it me took a while. You a little bit, but that's not the point. The point is that this stuff happens. And so I'm more interested in. I, I'm less interested in, in, the, in the what and I'm more interested in the why, because the what is easy. OK, you're doing this thing. Why don't you stop doing that thing? Hey. You're going to chop your leg off with a chainsaw. You should probably not chop your leg off with a chainsaw. Oh, my God. This is the greatest report ever. Here's a million dollars. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom and, and all insight. you're saying is like all you're saying is like, dudes, back away from the foot. Gun. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I always did like your foot gun. That's a That's a great analogy. Foot gun. Anyway, yes, a lot of it is. Don't touch the foot gun. That's a lot of the recommendation, but that's not the point. The point is, why? Why do companies let this happen? Okay. And so I, I don't have an answer. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're, we're over right. that. So, give so me, I don't have, me, I don't have an answer. Right. So I don't have an answer to the why yet, but what I do have is a recommendation to try and get someone mentally around that, that could work for an engineer, could work for a manager, a director, a C level. But if you're trying to, if you are like, us, like you and me, where we're always trying to push to be the best. We're always trying to do it the right way for the right reasons. And you run invariably run into these walls around budget and time and 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 interest and 
you know, all consensus, consensus which all, I'm just about sick of. Yeah, I mean, there's all there's all kinds of things that you can point to. But that's not the um, that, that's the, you see a thing. It's not being done right. You want to do it right. OK, here's how you can try and make the case for doing it right. Executives look because we write all these reports for executives. You know, we're focused on an executive audience. And so. OK, so your 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 target audience is C-suite. Yes. Okay. Now, maybe we don't do the report for maybe we were hired by somebody below the C-suite. But the goal is to give that person a report that they can hand to a C-suite and say, look, this is what that, we need to leads, do. That leads to that action, leads which to means action. it needs money, which means you need an executive sponsor. It so it needs money, yeah. even if it's not necessarily money, it's 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 time, which is money. So, OK, so fine. Yes, money. Um, you, you need the executive interest in sign off. And they want to know, OK, what is it? Why? Why do I care? Why? Why should I do it? OK. And it always comes back to, you know, the company being more successful and making more money and those sorts of things. That's I mean, that's always the end state. Like if you take one of these daisy chain logic, logic chains out, the last step is always more, com- more customers, um, higher prices, lower cost. In some way, the, the, the value, the dollar value goes up for the company and 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 the, um, you know, the employees in general or you know, shareholders or whatever. So so not yeah, that. And step. it all. And, and just to be clear, just to be clear, it all does tie back to money. Yeah. You can call it you can call it time. Mm-hmm. You can call it risk. You can call it a lot, human cap. You can call it a lot of different things. But essentially. That is being translated into a number. Exactly. And, and, and that is fine. I, that is that is how capitalism works. It's a great system. And that's that's great. I'm not it's how business, how is, business done. is done. That's not the point, though. That, that's always the last step. The challenge that I see a lot of uh, a lot of people who are pushing for a certain they have an initiative that they're trying to get moved up the chain and they run into problems. It's not on the they, they, they don't connect to that last step. The last step is always the same, but it's those two or three before that that everyone seems to have a problem making the the case for. And one so getting getting from the technical thing to the organizational impact, like so it's the organizational impact that sits between the technical thing and the ultimate number. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now okay. so what are you saying? Well, first of all, there's there is a um we have our correspondent on site, Frank. Oh, Frank, what are you learning? <laughs> there is a uh, n- now I need like a stock ticker sound. I need that. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Hold on. Let me make a note. Or the sound of a hurricane in the back. You saw those videos where it's like the the weather guy and he's standing sideways in the wind. And then there's two people in the background just strolling through the park. I know like the weather guy's making it out to be the scene you're talking about. I I know it. He's on site. He's braved the elements. He's putting his very life in danger. He's standing at a 45 degree angle against this wind. And then there's like a couple with their pug like (laughs) milling around in the background, clearly (laughs) unaffected. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. So I've I've, I've written it down. Stock ticker and and hurricane force gale winds of some kind. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get on that. Um, it's, it, it's so that's always the end state. Sometimes people forget that that needs to be the end state, and so you have to you have to make that case. But if you're an inter- if you're internal, you're already at a bit of a handicap because for whatever reason, we talked about this a little bit before with the consulting angle. Before, for whatever reason, people trust external 
objective, quote unquote, third party analysis and assessment. You and I have I mean, we have been the recipients of this on both ends of the spectrum where we make a, I have made recommendations to my own employers about, hey, this is what we need to do. And here's why. And here's how. And they go, OK, well, that's that's really good. Uh, Six months later, a consultant says it. All of a sudden, it's a good idea. We need to do it now. And where are we? hundred percent. And it makes your blood. It boil. happens all the time. It is just Happens to, it happens to everybody. It's, it's just, just the way it's just it is. You're it is. absolutely and it right. It sucks. And it sucks. It's horrible. So if you are if you are making a push internally, know that you are already facing those headwinds. And so if you're doing that, you're going to need to add additional weight with uh, usually metrics. You're going to need to gather numbers that support whatever it is that you're that you're trying to. You're, you're going to want hard numerical evidence. You want to quantify. You want something quantified. So many, and this is this is the trick, I think, of of technical management. One of the tricks is learning how to quantify, because I can know something to be true. I can have it from my teams on the ground. I can know what needs to be done. I may even have executive general executive support for something, and I still can't get it done. But as soon as you take this, and as soon as you quantify mm-hmm. it, you say this is the specific impact. Okay, then the gears start turning. There's ROI. It takes this to do. We get this out of it over this much time and the risk and the time and the boom. And then you can get moving on just quantifying things. And it's this will you can't just say, oh, this makes releases easier. You know that to be true. Let's say you're trying to automate a pipeline or something like Mm -hmm. this. You can say this makes releases easier. You can say it. But if you say we can shave 98 percent of our release time off. That's a number. You've quantified it. And in my experience, not only not only does that help make the case, but it also it also gives you authority yes. because you've done your homework and you know what you're talking about. And many people don't do that. And so it makes you stand, makes you out. stand out. Right. Exactly. And so you and, and, you know, your audience is not dumb either. Sometimes that's another mistake that I see a lot of people make when they're pushing something internally. It's I understand this thing. And these boobs above me, my boss is a moron. My boss's boss is a moron. And this rude. It's a great word. So you've got you, you just have these this 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 firewall of idiocy in front of you that if they could just get out this of your club, way, if you could just club this club wielding this club wielding troglodyte won't let me do my job. <laughs> this nitwit would just get the heck out of my way. I could solve all of our problems and everything would be successful. Okay. That's never the case. The Okay. News flash. <laughs> I, I will, I will do the, I will do the usual exception, you know, 99% of the time. That is not the case. The person who is yeah. in the position above you got there because they're not stupid and they're actually pretty good at what they they're doing. They're lacking that thing to, if they're your gatekeeper, they're lacking that, that key that opens the door and pushes it forward. A lot of times, you know, you were talking about metrics. That's a great way to do it. And I have seen that work really well. And even if, as soon as you show the numbers, you've got all of your, you've got all your other support information. You show them the numbers and then the case makes itself from there. The conversation basically gets Mm -hmm. on rails and it actually, I have seen it take off from me in a way, in ways that I didn't expect positively. So you know, you, you just need to be giving them the, 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 the right information and, 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 you know, looking for whatever that, that, that lock is and, and understanding that the person who is, who is blocking you is probably blocking you because 
They're not seeing why this is valuable. They want to know why. Why should I care? What should I do? You know, why should I do anything about this? Is, is this actually a problem? Or is this just something that you are seeing? And so you've got to be, you've got to think about your 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 audience that way. And and again, it that is often, yeah, that's it's often the case that you just didn't make the sale. Um Sometimes it's also the case that, that like there are good reasons we're not acting in this direction and you just don't know about it yet. Right. And so there's the question that. can yes, be, okay, happens. so we're not going to do this. Is there, is there some reason, you know, is there something else that's a higher priority that's taking that attention or money or time or people? Um, or like, is this whole thing going to be obviated by the next phase of whatever? Uh-huh. And so that's why you're not like, is there a broader picture this isn't fitting into it? Or is it like you're saying where, uh, I've just I've just failed this. I've just failed to make you see the relevance. Right. And so actually, that that's that's a great point. So before you even get to the point of actually preparing a proposal or preparing to even talk about it, asking lots of upfront questions about the thing and the stuff around the thing. Hey, what are we doing here? Have we ever considered going in this direction or, you know, what what what's going on with slightly relevant relevant? initiative over here and, and and making sure that you understand the full field because in doing so you're you're doing two things one you're increasing your knowledge and which will allow you to do a better delivery of your of your idea but in asking the questions you're showing initiative which makes you so even if it goes so personal development personal professional development here even if your idea goes absolutely nowhere you still yield some professional benefit because your boss sees you taking initiative, asking questions, showing interest. And that is always, I don't know about you, but but employee initiative and drive and willingness to, for them to just get up and go without me having to cattle prod them is huge. Those people all, they, they float. Those people float to the yeah. top of my mind when it comes time for raises, promotions, and things like that. It's one of the most, it's one of the most important things. So simply showing that initiative and asking those questions Earns your points, even if your idea goes nowhere. But in doing so, you gather information and then you're also getting the other person to start thinking in the same space. And so you're actually sort of warming them up to what you're proposing, which is and and potentially saving yourself a lot of time, wasted time drafting this whole thing up if it's not going to go anywhere. Or if it already is going somewhere that you're not aware of. That's the that's where I was actually heading with this, because you, you, you end up with additional knowledge that you can use to. Uh, improve things uh, or you a knowledge of things that are being improved out, outside of your of your purview. And you can either factor that in or you can go, oh, OK, so this is being done and I don't need to worry about it. And I'm going to go back to my, you know, next. Item. Yeah. You know, uh, well, you got there, my lord. Back, Nothing, to, your back to your turnips. Back to the turn. <laughs> I love it. One of my favorite family guy scenes. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> so um, I got to fix that. I thought I, I thought I cut out the. Uh, what have you got there, my lord? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a professional outfit. Anyway, so you, you gather, you, you, you're asking questions, you're warming them up, you're getting that intel, and then you are, uh, so so now you've got, you know, more stuff. And, and okay, so going all the way back to where I started it, it, with the, the connecting the dots, um, one of the, uh, everybody can make the first couple jumps, you know? Okay, I'm on this pipeline. So it's going to be automated. So there's no humans in it. And so there's no human error. And so we'll go faster. People, people usually get those. They miss 
it's kind of like the underpants gnomes. They, they get that first step, step, step two, blank. Step three, profit. They, they, they miss that step two. Yeah. Okay. So the step two, in a lot of cases, is something along the lines of eliminating lower level crud and cruft, which allows the team to focus on higher order work. So let's take this all. You, you picked a good one and a very common one, automating a thing. Okay. So by automating a pipeline, I am eliminating humans from the process, which means there's no more human error. Okay. And if there's no more human error, then you're actually reducing the amount of time being spent on. Well, you're going, you're going into, you're diverging, you're going in two parallel universes there. So one is, yeah, if, if there's a thing that takes an hour and I can automate it and it takes two minutes, then I've saved, you know, whatever percent one thirtieth is, right? One minus one thirtieth. Uh, I've saved that much time. Okay. Well, then how often is this thing done by how many people in a given year? Let's, let's say, hey, we've saved this many hours right off the bat. Boom. Translate hours to dollars. Done. You made the sale. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it over the long term? Right. right. The other thing, though, you're hinting at you're going there with the error thing is opportunity cost. So in addition to just giving this whole bucket of time back to the organization, I'm also now saying if I go back in my history, if you have any kind of ticket tracker or incident management platform, go back and look at um, any kind of service impact or outage or anything like that that you've had over time. And especially where there was an SLA impact to that, what did that cost you? And say, if this had been automated, this error would have been avoided, thus saving X dollars in you know, SLA credits. And you can, you can really, if you just think about it, just think about the, the initial impacts, the things that you feel, follow them through until you make them concrete. And it's both, it's both immediate give back and savings and maybe even additional profit, mm-hmm. right? If you're automating a thing that is in your sales pipeline, then that's going to yield a higher conversion rates, which marketing will love. Um, but also quant- try to quantify that opportunity cost too. And that's, I think, where you're, if I'm well, reading, that's where you're going with like the, the eliminating errors um, because that's additional, not just money you didn't pay in SLA credits, but then that's also time you didn't have to spend on remediating things, which goes back to the, you know, the time. Argument. All right. So this is all good. That's not where I was going. So what you were suggesting is good stuff. And, but it's the that's the one X return on investment here. If I'm not spending the money here, I can spend it elsewhere. Dollar saved, dollar earned is, is, is sort of you know, what you're just is sort of what you're describing. What I, and that's a good argument to make. It's a good argument to make. What I'm actually where I was actually headed, though, was for the the exponential gains here. So if I've got a pipeline and I automate that pipeline, I have eliminated humans from the process. By eliminating humans from the process, the humans who would do that process are now not doing that process. We have by automating it, we have eliminated human error, which human error as you well know is what the number one contributor to bugs and uh, and support requests, people screwing things up. No, I th- I think it's actually one through six, <laughs> and also eight and nine. Sure. What's number seven? Well, I don't know. Gremlins. <laughs> so those underpants gnomes again. So you are, uh, so you're eliminating human error. So you, so you are reducing the load on your support staff, and uh. And, and eliminating the load on the team who is actually performing the, the actions. Okay. Now, when, they're f- when those teams 
are now free of those activities, they get time back. As you do more and more of these little changes and you give your team more and more of their time back, that allows them to focus on the things that are, I call it higher order work. So if I don't have to deal with daily minutia of this manual routine task, I can focus on things like improving the pipeline, expanding it, increasing yeah, the I mean, functionality. That's what I mean by, by giving back the opportunity cost of all that wasted time is you, you automate the low level stuff and it allows everybody to begin a, a little uh, acting a little more strategically and thinking a okay, little more so strategically because they have the space to do so. Saying, yeah. Okay, so we are yep. saying the same thing because, but I want to focus in. I, I guess you're, I, I guess the the um, the delivery of the message is is, is a little different then because I want to focus in on that because that's the part an executive can glom onto that. Oh, if I'm not doing all of this low level minutia stuff, which to me and my bottom line really doesn't make that big of a deal. You know, okay, I'm going to I'm going to spend, you know, I'll spend this time, I'll save this money and it's, you know, it might be a little bit on the margin or something like that. Not sure if it's something I need really need to be concerned with. But as you start to add these things up and you start to give more and more of that time back and you focus on more and more of this higher order work, you're able to make significantly larger and larger evolutionary leaps in your in in the overall functioning of the organization. The umbrella term for all this is a buzzword called digital transformation. And it is sort of an all-encompassing thing where it's focused in on taking manual or you know in in some way inelegant processes applying automation to them, getting people out of the process themselves and moving things towards you know, being uh, yeah. shorter. Yeah, we did a whole, that was like we, our second or third a, show or so. We did a whole we thing did a little. We did a little bit. We did a little bit on it. We were talking yeah. about digital transfer. But that doesn't, but that doesn't sell like you're not going to get anybody. Yeah, but you're not going to get anybody that says, no, I think that's bad. No, no, that's you're not, not my gonna point. You're not going to get anybody that says that's wrong or of we shouldn't do not. it. Okay, but that's then, not the point. But then, but then still like translating that into motivation to act because that requires concrete. You're getting a little theoretical here and it's, it's good because you're making a great point, but what's going to motivate somebody to agree with me to do something today needs to be concrete. Well, right. You in, need, in my yes, assessment. you need my, what I am saying. Remember, I said, it's a daisy chain of logic. You need both. The first, the first link in this chain towards that, that end profit argument is exactly what you're describing. If I do this today, I will see this benefit tomorrow. Tip for tap. The next link in that chain is this higher order work that I'm talking about. So as we do, so, this, so here's this immediate benefit, and it will contribute towards this higher order work. As we do more of those things, we do more higher order work, which has this compounding effect. We go from releasing, I, I like using release timeframes because that's, that's really good. You know, you go from releasing your product, a new release of your product every month to every week, to every day, to every hour, to on demand. You know, Amazon likes to tout how they they release, you know, 82 billion times a second or you know, some some ludicrous number of releases that they do. Nah, whatever. whatever. Amazon, who cares? Doesn't matter. But the, the point is, 
the point is there are a lot of moving pieces that goes into any single release. The more you automate them, the better you get at that overall process, the more efficient you get, the more iterations you make in shorter time, the faster you can get better at whatever the thing, even if it's not an actual product, even if it's just your internal processes, the more of these iterations you can make in shorter amounts of time, the more yeah, progress you're going to make. I, I don't like, I don't want to be negative Nancy over here, but like, that's great. <laughs> I worry like and it just, in my personal experience and my personal journey, you're either working with a team that gets that already and you don't have to sell it or you're working with a team that doesn't get it and you're this is a sisyphean task to try to shift the culture to think that way. Well, no. Am I being too am I being too I don't want to be dismissive. No, I don't but think like, you're being dis- I've worked at places that get it. I've worked at places that don't and I can I can make it better if the if this team already understands that and gets it. Really like viscerally gets it. Uh but I've like I've worked I've worked a place that didn't get it and you you like good luck pushing that boulder man like well, it doesn't I mean, there's- and that that goes back to that goes back to another early episode where I was talking. <laughs> Is there free will? Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll tackle that one next episode. <laughs> no, we did a, in another earlier episode. We talked about that conversation I had with the uh, founder of um, Commerce Bank, now TD Bank, and how if something has to change, if 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 you can't make a change, then you make the change. You become the change. So I mean, like eventually, you're right. I I, I am I am overtly and deliberately sidestepping that scenario because there's there there is no way around that that boulder you're you're absolutely right but it's important that you make the connection it's important that the team here's the thing it's important that the team see that benefit it's important that that it be recognized that this is another another small step on that higher level you know purpose driven work and ha- that this that this is definitively, demonstrably moving us in that direction. You know, it's it's making the case. So you're making the concrete case, which you're pushing, which is absolutely right. If I do this thing, here's the immediate benefit. That's good, and that's necessary. It's also important that the work that you're trying to do and the benefit ties into the higher level perform. You know, the the higher level. Um, uh, progression and evolution of the of the company, and you've got to make sure that you understand that, and then your team understands that. Chances are pretty good that your bosses already do. If they don't, then you end up in the situation that you're describing. In which case, you know, I got nothing for it, and you should probably find another place to work if they if they don't actually understand that. But you've got to connect it. That's the key. That's the part that I think a lot of people miss. Engineers, we focus in, and okay, so I'm going to bring this all back. Engineers, we focus in on, here's the problem. Ah, this thing is broken. It's driving me nuts. Here's the fix. And when I fix it, the thing will not be broken. Yeah, that's, nobody's going to get, that's, that doesn't get you anything in a business setting from an executive. You need to actually connect those other those other dots. Well, yeah, and, because, because 40% of the time, the executive looks at it and says, great. You build a solution to solve a problem. You just move the problem into that new solution because that's going to break too. <laughs> right. And so maybe, maybe, maybe a better way of saying what I'm saying here is I, I'm not connecting the dots for the benefit of your executive sponsor because chances are very good, as we have now discussed, that the executive sponsor is already going to get that. 
He's already going to get he or she is already going to get the, you know, the, 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 the loop here that we're talking about. So perhaps I'm more talking to the engineers who see the problems and want to actually push it. You have to. You as the proposer have to understand how this work fits into that model. You have to be able to connect that chain from your problem all the way out to company makes more money, is more successful. One of the ways that you can connect that last rung is focusing in on how does this elevate me, my team, the organization to do the work that is, that is really important. And so maybe it's maybe this is more of a mental exercise rather than something that actually gets written into the into a no, proposal. But, no, but it is there is there is something there because I found really good success with the following pattern uh, because typically an executive will have a short attention span just because they're so busy. And so the pattern that I've learned to follow is <clears throat> I'm going to summarize. I'm going to give you the TLDR. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what I want to do. Then I'm going to start with why and start from the beginning and start from the top. So I'm going to say, I want to automate this release process. Now, as you know, it takes us this long to do the releases. We have this error rate with them. We've paid these SLA credits. We always want to be pushing towards greater automation because of the, you know, because of the convenience, because of the optimization, because of all these things. And so in that pursuit, um, we look at the process that we have. We see these gaps in where our automation is failing us or non-existent, right, as the case may mm-hmm. be. And so uh, to try to button this up and try to get us there, uh, you know, again, I want to automate this particular release process, right? And so that's a good, pa- just being prescriptive, like that's a good pattern I found. Say what it is, give them the punchline, know where you're going with the conversation, mm-hmm. because often you, you into a conversation with, uh, with an executive, especially if, like, if you're reporting to a technical executive, um, is not as as... Um, not as pervasive, I would say, uh, but particularly if it's like somebody from finance or ops or like some other business unit, um, if you just start with a high level, then your thought train is going to get hijacked before you actually get to where you want to take right. it because they agree with the first step and then start to diverge after that. So you, you ground the conversation. Here's the TLDR. I want this thing. And then you, well, Simon Sinek, right? Start with why. And that's that's your conversation. But I've learned the trick of like hinting at the thing up front yeah. rather than just jumping into, well, you know, these these kind of loftier goals, right? Ground the conversation then and then kick it off with why and, and let it follow. Oh, no, you're you're absolutely right. And when we do assessments, yeah. the reports themselves are extremely concrete. We say, do this, don't do that. You know, reconsider well, right. this. But, you're, but that's a, that's a consultant delivering a report about what sh- what a client should do. Like a lot of that is already trod. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying message, when you're, you're having the conversation well, as a not as a consultant, but like as a as an, an individual contributor or a manager, or, you know, somebody who's, yeah. who's saying something upstairs. We should do X. That's a little trick that right, I found but, that, but, to help those conversations. But that's exactly along. what the consultant report does. We should do X, and then I go into background on here's what the thing is here's why here's why you should care and then you come back to that conclusion so it's like conclusion supporting material conclusion again is kind of the the format which is what you're just okay so the way you phrase that made me think that you don't do what i just said and then you just said what i said so now i think we're just agreeing with each other okay so let's move on so we'll move on that's (laughs) fine um so you know you're 
I, I, I guess I, I think that as, as we're talking through this, I, you know, what, what I am suggesting is it's the mental missing link for somebody who is technical in nature and is trying to get something approved by an executive, technical or otherwise, because, you know, technical executives, even they still need to make the business case. You know, they're just better at, you know, they, 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 they sort of straddle the gap uh, a lot of times. And what I find happening a lot is you'll have a number of people who are on the ground and they see all the problems and they're ranting and raving about how they need to fix the problems, but they're not getting any support for it because they're not actually connecting the dots. They're not bridging that gap. Well, and to those, to those people, check your assumptions because that's what it is, right? How many, how many technology, like really like technicians, mindsets, Mm -hmm. people like technical minded people, they, there's this attitude and it, it attracts a certain kind of personality type, a certain type of temperament, right? Is typically, you know, typically finds that kind of a role. Right. And I, 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 I can't tell you, not, not professionally, but like across life in all facets, <laughs> how many times people will say, don't they see right. blank? Right. Don't they realize that? Can't they tell that? And it's you're assuming that they see something you see. You're the expert on the ground or, you know, we're, we're kind of grounding this in the workplace. You're the expert on the ground. You're complaining. Don't they see that? Have you ever said that out loud mm-hmm. to your boss? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever actually gone out of your way to raise this issue specifically and not in a way that is inflammatory, not in a way that, uh, you know, is is blame stormy. But but just to say, look, and we have this problem, like, are we and kind of circles all, you know, full circle back to, to where you started with this, Frank. Ask the question to orient yourself mm-hmm. Ask: yeah. is this a known issue or am I the only one seeing it? Oh, it is a known issue. Great. Uh, are we taking steps to correct it or do we need to plan to do so? Oh, yeah, we're not going to do it because we already solved it. Oh, yeah, we actually do need a plan. Can you go do it right? It, right back to where we started with this. It's the mindset of assuming you know that they see what you see, how you see it. And it's usually almost always one of the two. Either they don't see it at all, they weren't aware of the issue. And had they been aware, they would partner with you to resolve it. Or they don't see it the way you see it because of the different perspective and then more questions and kind of driving through. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that, oh, don't they see that? Probably not. <laughs> they right. probably don't they, see they, it the way they that don't. you do is, is the ultimate answer. Yeah, they don't. But it, it's, it's a matter of, I, I think it's almost a matter of altitude. So maybe a better analogy for what I'm describing, instead of links in a, in a logic chain, maybe, maybe rungs on a, on a ladder and you need each rung to climb to the next one so that you actually reach the same level that the person who needs to make the decision is actually operating at. And if you come to them with a, with a concrete problem about, um, you know, this pipeline needs to be automated, you know, that's, that's not, they're going to look for a dot, they're going to look for some kind of cost analysis associated with it. And if you don't have any of that information, then it's going to be, well, come back when you've got that. Because right now, as far as, you know, as far as my financial numbers are saying, this is, this isn't a major issue. So it, they may not see it, it very likely, you know, will not see it. You, you need to, you, you need to build that ladder and connect those dots. And one of the ways that I think one of the areas that I think a lot of people, especially technical who are making these kinds of we're committing to these kinds of uh, initiatives or trying to get these things done. The piece that they miss is how this connects to higher order work. What is it that you're able to do 
if you're not doing this thing, and maybe parts of that make it into your messaging, but it's at least as a mental exercise, you need to be able to connect those dots. If you cannot connect those dots, then what you are pushing is probably not going to go anywhere, and it's probably not as important from to the company as you think it is. No, is that's that a really point? good point, and it is it is part of the exercise in framing, right? Mm-hmm. I, as as the manager, I'm, I'm taking the management approach here as the manager. I want to know why it is you want to do this, what you're going to be doing instead, because that's motivating. You know, clearly you've got a motivation here. What is it? You don't want to be doing this work. What what would you rather be doing? Right. So I want to understand what the personal motivation is to undertake the change. And I want to understand better what the organizational goal is to approach the change. Um, And it's kind of turtles all the way, all all the way down in that respect. And it usually starts, there's this, you know, the thing the guy wanted to change the world, but he couldn't. So he decided to change his country, but he couldn't. So then he decided to change his neighborhood, but he couldn't. So then he decided to change his family, but he couldn't. So he decided to change himself. And in changing himself, he changed his family and changing his family. He changed his neighborhood and, you know, so on back up the chain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of oraborical. Can I make that word up? I think, well, I mean, uh, where it's, it's like this, yeah, this, this, well, thank you. Well, you're it's you're this, going. It's uh, the bottom up, and it's actually it's it's building it from yeah. you know from from the bottom to the top. Engineers really good at the bottom, at the first couple rungs of this yeah. thing can re, can put it together really really well. It's when you start moving into that business end of it, and the long and, and anything beyond, say, um, this is totally contrived, but anything beyond the current fiscal year, you know, like you're you're you're. You've got this narrow band of yeah. the of the cost benefit, and you need to think. Well, that's why we talk about that nebula between contributors and leadership. You know, there's this gray stuff in between. What happens there? Mm-hmm. That's I, the good parts of it are people who are able to take that, start with why, translate it into the you know, translate it into a vision, and then plan that out, quantify it, and sell everybody else on it. I was talking to one of my guys the other day, and uh, there's this project and it's just it's not going exactly the way we want it to in terms of timeline and and he says you know what boss we got like we have a pr problem maybe maybe the issue isn't that we're not doing maybe the work is nobody cares because we're not selling it well enough and so it's weird that you bring this up now because i i started thinking about it i said you know what there's something to that maybe we didn't sell it well enough we got to work on that because if we do that well, we'll have people beating down our door for what we're trying to deliver mm-hmm. to them rather than trying to drag them along with us. Um, and so and it's, it's funny, the parallel in this discussion, because, because at the end of that, we decided, you know what, we're going to stand up a little proof of concept for this thing. And we're going to show, we describe it to people and they agree it's a good idea, but they're not motivated to change. We're going to show them what it is. We're going to show them this solution operating at peak efficiency and and let them see it for themselves and then we we're confident that they will again be beating down our door for help getting there rather than us trying to push them along um that's funny because it's exactly yeah. it's exactly what you're what you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. Some, I'm, so even even i've even i've been guilty of this recently oh for sure it's tough yeah you can't you, it's tough you know? it's sometimes sometimes the challenge is figuring out whether you're holding a rope or a pole whether you're supposed to yeah. push it or pull it. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, I, th- and to, to stretch this metaphor even further, I, I think that you are often holding, you are way more often holding a rope 
than a pole. And and you you can't actually you can't actually push it. You have to you you have to pull it. You have to lead you have to lead the other party to the conclusion that you want. And that conclusion has to be aligned with what that person is interested in. You go high enough in the organization, it's going to be more customers, more revenue, lower cost. So, you know, something. It's going to be some one of those higher level things. You've got to connect to that. Even if you don't make the overt connection in your proposal, the person needs to be able to make that mental leap. And it's that step before that that I think a lot of people No, I'll I'll go. I'll take it. I'll take it. You need to say it. You think so? Cuz again, back to back to assumptions. I think you say it. I think you say, look, this this is this is the overall strategy or this is the overall vision. And this is how it connects to what we're doing now. This is why this is coming up because it aligns with this broader thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think you come out and say it. Now, maybe not, maybe not when you're pitching, if you're pitching this upstairs to an executive, they they should be able to make the leap and see how the dots connect. Um, but if this is something you're trying to get like an adjacent team. Uh, or somebody under your organization and trying to share the vision and get them on board with what you want to do, I think you make it clear. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that higher level stuff, the the coarse grain direction and machinations of the business and the organization, um, mission, vision, value type stuff. I don't think that can be over communicated. No, I, I don't think so either. It's just that you don't want to, when you're giving these kinds of presentations, you you typically, and I, and I know this is true for me. You know, I, I'm. I'm ingesting information and I ingest long enough until I understand what's going on. And then I may add some follow-ups and then I'm done. I was like, okay, I've, I've, I've got everything I need. And, but the presentation might continue into, into other areas. Right. But you lose, you, lo- you lose people who aren't patient enough to get to that concrete, which is where you and I have both discovered like, no, you, you put the TLDR at the front. Yes. This is where this conversation is going to go. It's like, like a good, uh, I saw a good conference talk recently. I forget what it was, uh, but the guy's like, Hey, at the end of this, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to agree with me that, you know, it it is the case that, right. And then he started with, Hey, my name's Bob Boberson and I come from Bob university and I'm in the department of Bob's doing the Bob's (laughs) work. Right. And then, and then he started the normal con talk kind of thing. And then at the end he said, by the way, remember when I said you'd agree with me that it would be the case such and such. And, and, you know, it was a really nice, um, cause you get people who are just, they don't have any attention span. (laughs) <laughs> There's right. a, like there are people that are busy because they have an important job to do and they're pulled in a million different directions. And that's kind of what leadership is. And then you got people who are just going to tune out if they don't see where you're going. Then the beauty there is you tell them where it's going. Then you reset. You start with a why. And they are allowed to like they could tune out as soon as you get through enough of the why you start at the top and you're working your way down as soon as causality as soon as the causality is clear to them and they're able to make the jump from where you are descending the ladder of why to the thing you said at first, boom, then they get it end to end. And they may even if it's like a one on one, they may even be able to short circuit the discussion mm-hmm. at that point and say, I see why you got from here to there. Let's do it. And what are the details and let's start planning. Um, so that's actually that's a really good. Tactic. My um, my old chief of staff, he used to uh, he did this all the time. Bottom line up front bluff every time, every presentation. If you prepped, if mm. you prepped anything with him, it was always bottom line up front. You mm-hmm. always just open the door with, here's the point. Here, here's, here's yeah. what we're doing. Here's what I'm saying. Here's the proposal. Yeah. And then it's all the supporting material. Now, from all right. There. Let's, so let's go on a tangent here because this is not the first time in very recent, uh, recent memory. I've heard somebody refer to a chief of staff in like the corporate environment. Mm-hmm. 
this is a this is a new trend that's had this is, is the, the the trendy thing uh, or have i just not been aware of this kind of I mean, undertone it's a because it's, it's not common for a company to have a chief of staff um but it's I, yeah maybe it's more of a military thing the guy i'm talking about actually came from the military and um you know so he he may have actually borrowed that right title? that's like that's know. one case now that's like two or three times in the last i don't know a year that i've come across as somebody who was like chief of staff at a normal corporate job and it's just not a traditional yeah well you know, i mean if i had if i had to get i yeah we're we're just we're just riffing now so if i had to guess based on my one-time experience with a chief of staff um the chief of staff is the person who is responsible for corralling and organizing the various department execs where the where their respective Venn diagrams overlap. So if I'm doing a thing and it's if, if the company is pushing a, a, an initiative and it's going to require the involvement of, say, IT and development and finance. Then the chief of staff would be the grand orchestrator. So they've got a they've got a hybrid CEO project manager type thing going yes. on. However, so so that's one way of looking at it, where it's where it's sort of like a it's like a CEO, but it's a it's an executing CEO as opposed to a strategic CEO. Which was and we already said we wanted to eliminate people or eliminate humans, I think you said. Uh-huh eliminate humans so yeah. we can so they're execute are they destroy, the ones executing all the destroy humans? all humans yes <laughs> destroy all humans destroy all yes. humans so that's that's one that's one concept of a chief of staff i have seen um i've seen job descriptions for a chief of staff which is much much lower level it's not actually a person who would be otherwise a c-suite type of person it's a younger uh energetic go-getter who is essentially the ceo's shadow and the ceo is still the strategic and the executive um brain but they are handing pieces of direct action to a to an underling to actually go ahead and do them but they are you know blessed Mm -hmm. and empowered by the ceo and so they get the attention of the CFO, the CIO, the CTO, and you know gets them to to work together. But that person could could also be you know much more junior than these than so, these okay. So, so, so two different CEO, models. CEO, project manager, EA, kind of a yeah, th- there's like a hybrid kind of. It's less executive assistant though. It's it's much more hands on yeah. and and you know project leadership. So I, I, your PM analogy, I think, is good. But I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it both ways now. Where the where the C, the chief of staff is actually a super senior, well versed guy, and um, I have seen. I have not experienced it, but I have seen job descriptions where it's a, it's a more it's a younger, not totally inexperienced, but somebody who's been like a manager. And now they're now I'm going to have to go troll LinkedIn and yeah. see if I can find because sure now I want to look them. at job listings for for chief of staff. And again, I don't know if it's just uh, for whatever reason I've not been exposed before, but that's been popping up lately and like never before the last year or two. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm just curious if that's I don't know like a if it's trend I don't know or, if it's a trend or not. I just know that I just know yeah. that I had one and uh, I have seen it elsewhere. That's that's all. Yeah. Um, you know, I have always I have always been. 
throughout my past tense, of course, because if he was exposed to you and there's like a half life on people remaining anywhere you destroy are, destroy all I humans. Get it. I get it. I mean, destroy all destroy. humans. <laughs> Normally, I try to make the episode title like meaningful. I think this one's just got to be destroy all humans. <laughs> like, that's where we're going with this. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, because I, I keep th- throughout my career, I have always kept the um, the job listing stuff in the uh, um, in the e- like I get the emails, you know, from all the job listing stuff. I just keep that stuff on and then I just filter it out and occasionally I'll look at it. And a lot of it's just like re- R&D research. And, and yes, I guess I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of caveating this in case anyone from my company's listening to this and going, oh, my God, he's looking for new jobs. That's not what's going on. This is something that I've always seen and has always been in the background. Um, now I can now I can ISO that I can quote you saying I'm looking for new jobs. <laughs> I've got you now. <laughs> so anyway, so I have always gotten these things and I've, and you can keep track of them. And, and I, 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 I've seen I have seen it come up more recently. So maybe it is a newer thing, but. It's not something that I have paid mm-hmm. close attention to. So I can't say for sure if it's a new trend or if it's if it's a new role or if it's a reimagining or renaming of an old thing. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I th- that's that's one. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to do yeah. some research on it. <clears throat> I mean, it's Fine. it's cool stuff Yeah. Well, I will say if you uh, know what a chief of staff is, if you've had experience with one, you should get in contact with us. Tell us more. at refactor.work is where you would send that to. Send us an email or, you know what, record a message with like a voice recorder app and send us the clip. We'll play it on the show. Caveat, Um, caveat, we have have right of refusal to, to not play it. We will edit it to well, make you sound well, like a jackass. I was actually going to say we we'll edit it that. to make us sound like less of a jackass or to make them sound less of a jackass. It, you know, so so I the mean more of one. No, I, my goal is to ridicule the, you. The, 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 what I'm trying to say is, you know, definition of porn, you know, it when you see it, just, you know, keep that in mind when you send this stuff. OK, use your we maintain yeah, editorial just don't be privileges. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's my that's, that's my rule. Just don't be an idiot. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. All. OK. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but you can find uh, show notes, back episodes, uh, recommendations, all at refactor.work. You can find more of uh, more of Frank's personality online at www.hotcoals.com. You made me a face. You did. No, you said it right. I was. Yeah, no, no. You rebooted my brain. I was like, wait a minute. Is that how my last name is spelled? I thought you actually got it backwards for a second. P. Uh, you can find more of my online person at chris.tonkinson.com. Uh, this has been episode 26 of the Refactor Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.